Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Wednesday, January the 12th, 2022. Here's a question. Is China starving millions of its own citizens in order to prevent some getting sick? Hmm, we're going to have that conversation today. Also, 800,000 non-citizens are being given the right to vote in New York. Really? Is that legal? Well, uh, to have that conversation, Joshua Phillip, investigative journalist at the Epic Times, is going to join us at 35 past the hour to discuss that. And uh, speaking of starving, did you know that uh, hashtag bear shelves Biden is trending on, on Twitter? Apparently, all across our country, shelves are going bare. The supply chain woes continue to plague us in addition to inflation and everything else. All while Pete Buttigieg is taking credit for having saved Christmas. I wonder, are you seeing bare shelves out there? Are you having supply chain woes? We're going to look into that story coming up at 15 past the hour. That and a lot more to conversate today about. But don't forget, uh, we're giving out a Mercedes to some lucky Catholic Radio listener. If you would like to drive a brand new Mercedes and possibly support, you know, the Catholic Radio postulate you're listening to right now, we'd be very grateful to you. You can find all the details of how you can uh, get your tickets and all of that on our website at grnonline.com forward slash raffle. That's grnonline.com forward slash raffle. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Did you get your pods yesterday? I got my pods. It was an ordeal, let me tell you. So uh, they gave me the runaround, and eventually I got my pods four hours late. Four so. hours late. Did you uh, make any progress in unloading at all? Or? No, no, it was much too late to do it. But you know what? What's four hours when it takes 10 days? You know, What's another four hours? <laughs> well, praise be to God. I'm glad you got them. We're going to start working on unloading you then today. And yes, then, sir. Then you really will Appreciate be official because you have your stuff with you. That's so true. Yeah, praise God. How many pods do you have again? Just two. Just two. It's more like one and a half, though. That's not bad. Nah. nah. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. In spite of it all? Despite of it all, it's good to be here. <laughs> praise be to God. Yeah. Do you have any pods? I'm just curious. Um, Like AirPods? Uh, he's a pod person. Is he a pod like, guy? Like, you know, the AirPods. Do you guys ears. even know why they call it podcasting, by the way? No idea. Now mm-hmm. that we're on the pod t- pod word? Not a clue. Tangent? Mm-hmm. No idea. No. Pod. Pods. Oh, I real call quick. them potties. I just rem- reminded me, uh, when you mentioned the supply chain woes, Yeah. Uh, over the weekend, mm-hmm. my uh, sister wanted to make Rice Krispie treats, and we went to go uh, get Rice Krispies from, uh, you know, the Rice Krispies um, cereal, Yeah. and they had none. So we went to three different stores to go get them, yeah. and the uh, and we asked someone finally. It was like, "Hey, what, what's up? Where's the Rice Krispies?" What's up? And with they that? said, uh, "Oh, yeah, we don't have any of those. Their factory is not work is not uh, producing anything right now." Yeah, we ran into like, trouble. What? We ran into <laughs> trouble last night with uh, with cat food. We're trying to find cat food. Oh no! And they're like out everywhere, and they're charging a premium for it online. And yikes! So between the uh, Sick outs, the boats, trucks, trains, warehouse, inflation, everything else. Uh, are we looking at food shortages 
in the United States. There are some pretty incredible uh, images of bare shelves, especially Washington, D.C. So we'll dive into the story. That plus the non-citizen story, and I am especially troubled by the story coming out of China that they have locked in millions of people into their apartments, and they are starving, literally starving, I think 21 days on in some cases. So uh, we'll, we'll be looking at that story very carefully at 15 past. We're going to have a good news story coming up in the next hour and the game show in the next hour. For anybody who's able to join us for the second hour, we love to have you. You can always hang out with us on our live video feeds. Everything's linked on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Let's jump into this hour, though, with breaking news and stories in a moment with Rudy. Let's pray first for the conversion of sinners everywhere and for God's provision for those uh, starving in China right now, locked into their homes and can't get out. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now breaking stories with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Rudy Carlos, and let's dive into the headline news this morning. The Blaze reports Biden to push changing Senate filibuster rules to clear the way for sweeping elections overhaul. President Joe Biden is expected to endorse changing longstanding Senate filibuster rules in order to push through a sweeping federal overhaul of U.S. elections during a speech in Atlanta, Georgia on Tuesday. The president foreshadowed fundamentally altering the filibuster during a CNN town hall in October, but at the time, he couldn't find the support for the controversial move until his Build Back Better social spending agenda had passed, because doing so would have angered moderate Democrats and killed the legislation. But now, with, econo- with the economic item behind him, Biden is committed to advancing the elections bill by amending the legislative filibuster, a parliamentary rule dating back to the 1800s that requires 60 votes for most legislation to pass in the Senate. The, to support his position, the president will report reported. Excuse me. To support his position, the president will reportedly cite repeated obstruction by Republicans and contend that the filibuster has protected extreme attacks on the most basic constitutional right, an administration official said. Breitbart reports FBI refuses to answer if it participated in January 6 under the under grilling by Ted Cruz. A senior Federal Bureau of Investigations official reportedly refused to answer when grilled by Senator Ted Cruz, Republican from Texas. At a hearing on Tuesday, whether the federal agency participated in the riot at the Capitol building on January 6th, Cruz questioned Jill Sanborn, who is the executive director, assistant director of the FBI's National Security Branch, whether any FBI agents participated in the events that unfolded on January 6th, which Democrats have called an insurrection. Cruz asked Sanborn how many FBI agents or confidential informants actively participated in the events of January 6th. She responded, Sir, I'm sure you can appreciate that I can't go into the specifics of sources and methods. Cruz later asked if any FBI agents or confidential informants actively participated in the events of January 6th, yes or no, he asked. Sanborn responded, Sir, I can't answer that. Sanborn gave a similar response when asked whether any FBI agents or confidential informants committed crimes of violence on January 6th, or if any FBI agents or informants actively encouraged and incited crimes of violence that day. 
And Sky News reports nurse arrested for faking vaccine injections in Italy in exchange for money. A nurse has been arrested for pretending to inject COVID-19 vaccines into at least 50 people in exchange for a bribe, police in Italy say. The man in Ancona was caught on video apparently discarding vaccines into a container for used needles, with people paying to earn a vaccination pass without actually getting the jab. The man is being investigated by the town's tribunal for corruption, fake certificates, and wasting public goods. I guess not all heroes wear capes. And Gallup reports Americans reading fewer books than in the past. Americans say they read an average of 12.6 books during the last year, a smaller number than Gallup has measured in any prior survey dating back to 1990. U.S. adults are reading roughly two or three fewer books per year than they did between 2001 and 2016. The reasons for the decline in book reading are unclear, with Americans perhaps finding other ways to entertain themselves. It's uncertain whether concerns about COVID or COVID-related restrictions are leading to a decline in visits to libraries or bookstores, similar to the documented declines in air travel and movie theater attendance Gallup found in the same poll. However, unlike those activities for reading, Americans can order books or download electronic books or audiobooks without leaving their homes. Or perhaps we're the dumbest generation, like we talked about with Dr. Mark Bauerlein in a recent interview. You can catch that on the CDT YouTube page. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Martin of Lyon. Born in 1130, St. Martin of Lyon was a priest and canon regular of the Augustinian order. Born at Lyon, Martin, along with his father Juan, uh, withdrew from the world to the canonry of St. Marcellinus in Lyon after the death of his mother. Martin was educated at this canonry, and after the death of his father, Martin decided to undertake a major pilgrimage, visiting the cities of Rome and Constantinople. Returning to Spain, he took the religious habit of St. Marcellinus, and after seeing this monastery has been secularized by the bishops, he entered the Collegiate of Church of St. Isidore in the same city. This is the church he went on to endow and is where St. Isidore was buried, hence its name. Martin distinguished himself by his zealous observance, his charity, and his deep devotion to the Blessed Sacrament. The date of his death is given to us by a necrology preserved in the monastery. He died on January 12, 20, 1203 of natural causes. The religious of St. Isidore dedicated a chapel to Martin very, very early and celebrated his feast each year. He died January 12, 1203, St. Martin of Lyon. Pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. On leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. They immediately told her, told him about her. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. Then the fever left her, and she waited on them. When it was evening, after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases and drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued him, and on finding him said, Everyone is looking for you. And he told them, Let us go on to the nearby villages, that I might preach there also. For this purpose have I come. So he went into their synagogues, preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of Galilee. The Gospel 
of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Venerable Bede said, First, it was right that the serpent's tongue should be shut up, that it might not spread any more venom. Then, that the woman who was first seduced should be healed from the fever of carnal concupiscence. Praise be to God. That is such a great statement. Close quote, Venerable Bede. I love that. It's pretty powerful. Uh, Theophilus would say, Furthermore, the reason that he forbade the devils to speak was to teach us not to believe them, even if they say true. For if once they find persons to believe them, they mingle truth with falsehood. Close quote, Theophilus. Why is that important? Because we talked a little bit about this yesterday, what the devils knew and what they didn't know and uh, what they were allowed to know, and why Jesus would have shut them up. Haydock's commentary today, quoting St. Augustine, said, The devils knew that it was Christ who had been promised for so many ages before, for they saw him perform the wonders which the prophet had foretold of him. Yet they were not perfectly acquainted with his divine nature, or otherwise they never would have persecuted to death and crucified the Lord of glory. But Christ would not permit them to declare uh, that they knew him. The Catholic commentary today on this particular point said the demons knew now that Jesus was the Messiah, but they were forbidden to proclaim this fact. The chief reason for this injunction of silence is to be found in the prevalent misconceptions of, of the nature of the Messianic kingdom and the role of the Messiah. He goes on to say the Messianic hope had at this time taken a strongly nationalistic and materialistic coloring. The Messiah's uh, of popular expectation was a great national leader who would break the yoke of foreign domination. And I think that's a very good point to make. You know, uh, uh, Augustus, who who, uh, replaced Caesar as dictator of Rome and then his successor, I mean, one of the things that the successors of Caesar, these uh, dictators, these emperors of Rome would do was feed the people in order to win favors. Even Nero was uh, known for his social work in feeding the, the people, giving cash donations, let alone the games, putting aside his burning Christians as fun and uh, game, right? You don't want to be con- uh, confused with Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and what he has come to do to bring about the kingdom of God, and these secular rulers who simply stay off our material needs. There's a big diff, and you should know it. We'll be right back. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Are you worried about the war on Christmas? Don't be. G.K. Chesterton says Christmas is the irresistible festival for those who are afraid to be festive. It is the spectacular festival when almost everyone lives and acts poetry instead of just a few people writing it. It is the ancient festival, a trinity of eating, drinking, praying, that to modern seems irreverent because the holy day really is a holiday. No matter what happens, says Chesterton, the great majority will go on observing Christmas Day with Christmas gifts and Christmas benedictions, and they will continue to do it, and suddenly, someday, they'll wake up and discover why. Want more than a minute? 
visit us at chesterton.org. Hi, listeners. Sean here. Join me in this short meditation on the birth of Jesus from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. And the angel said to them, Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which will come to all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. On behalf of all of us here at the GRN in South and Central Texas, have a blessed Christmas celebration. May God bless you and Mary smile upon you. Amen. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Praise be to God. Boy, the, the show really started off with a bang today. No, literally. <laughs> Our computer's crashing, lights are flashing. It's just, it's going to be a great program. I can't wait. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Joshua Philip is going to be our guest. He's an investigative journalist with Crossroads. He, he has a show called Crossroads on Epic TV. He's done a, a tremendous amount of investigative journalism there. We had him on back when I was in uh, Baltimore a couple of months back for the, the men's march, the men's rally there. And uh, I was very excited to have a conversation with him about the border crisis. He had gone down to the border and he had discovered some things that were pretty startling. Well, uh, there's a story out of New York about 800,000 non-citizens giving, uh, being given the right to vote. So we thought we'd have him back on to conversate about that. What that means. Is it even legal? What are the ramifications? Uh, so that's coming up at 35 past the hour. But there are, as I say, several stories in the news that are of great concern to me. And I'm sure a great concern to you as well. Here's one out of the Epic Times. The headline says, China seals people's doors Xi'an residents cry for food. Now, this is a story I had heard, I don't know, a month or two ago, that this was happening there. You know, China has this zero tolerance policy, not unlike what Australia was trying to do. But theirs is obviously way worse. It's China's on a whole nother level here. We saw this back in early 2020, back before the United States was even understanding uh, uh, that this was going to happen to the rest of us, we saw video coming out of China that was freaking people out. They were chasing people down with drones, dragging people off from their cars at stoplights, and then they were barring the doors. And that was insane. But we thought maybe that was over. It's like we've, we've all moved on. Well, that's not the case. And here's this story. Let me read a little bit to you. The Chinese regime sealed residents' homes in Jiang on, on January the 8th, but didn't arrange for a reliable food supply, residents say. After being locked down for almost three weeks, they are lacking in food and on the edge of mental breakdown. The Chinese regime has claimed the COVID-19 outbreak in Jiang has been under control since January 5th. However, the regime upgraded the control measures and Jiang residents still can't leave their homes even on January the 11th. I had never been diagnosed with COVID-19. Why did they seal my door? Uh, a, a resident said. A resident of the Rongshang compound uh, in the district there told the Chinese language edition of the Epic Times on January the 9th, quote, our residential compound has been locked down for 21 days. In the beginning of the lockdown, I consoled myself. I was disappointed days later and then felt hopeless and despair. This morning, I went crazy. Close quote. 
Kari said that she had she and her husband had only bought a little food successfully in the past three weeks and didn't know when they could buy some more. Quote, I'm worried that we won't have anything to eat soon. We don't dare to fill our we we don't dare to fill our stomachs. We go to bed after a meal at three o'clock to four o'clock every afternoon. We sleep more to save food. Close quote, Kari said or Kai said. She said that the family only had a small amount of rice, 11 pounds of wheat flour, seven cups of instant noodles, one bamboo shoot, and a little bit of meat at home. The food can feed us for about a week. This is the story, and we're seeing it. uh, There's multiple people who are online. They're begging for help. They can't get food. The doors are locked. China has gone down to uh, classifying these these regions of their country as closed, controlled, or prevention zones. If you're in a closed zone, no matter whether you're healthy or sick, it does not matter. You are locked down and can't go anywhere. It doesn't matter whether or not you had food and you're capable of sustaining the lockdown. They don't care. Uh, they are locking you down either way. And we are seeing more and more of these stories come out about people absolutely starving. I mean, this article has several that we could read uh, to describe the situation. But I think this one testimony describes it pretty well. They are starving there, and their country doesn't seem to care. There is a, a similar a story here coming out of, um, of China about their COVID camps. And there is video now um, about these COVID camps in China where they're locking people down there as well. And it's pretty draconian. They're living in cells. These are people, uh, their citizens treated in a way like prisoners. And this is a very alarming thing. And I don't know how many people are actually talking about this. Uh, 5.5 million people were locked down late Monday after two cases of the Omicron variant were reported. Two cases and 5.5 million people were locked down. A pregnant woman, children, and the elderly are believed to be among those sent to the Jiang camps, with insiders sharing the horrors of their detention in the zero-COVID state. Footage widely shared online shows people in tiny boxes furnished with wooden bed and toilet, where they were forced to remain for as long as two weeks. Again, Millions of people being locked down, not enough food to go around, um, having flashbacks to Mao's uh, rise to power, let alone Joseph Stalin starving out the people of, of the Ukraine. And millions died as a result of that. The world, I think, needs to step up here and apply some pressure to, to China to come to the rescue of their own citizens. It could quickly uh, devolve into something that is not tenable for the rest of the world. So a crazy story there. Now, here's another story. Let's change to this. Uh, Speaking of starving back home uh, in our part of the world, empty shelves. I mean, supply chain woes. Have they have have they uh, continued? We we remember reports at the end of last year that literally 100 container ships were sitting out in the harbor of Long Beach and Los Angeles uh, waiting to be offloaded, and, and the Biden administration sent Judge out there to do something about it. One of the things that they, they did was they've got these ports to operate 24-7. And they've also implemented uh, a policy that says if a container is offloaded on a boat and sits on the dock for more than a few days, I think it's nine days for trucks and three days for trains, then there are fines that are involved. 
But, you know, I used to work in international supply chain logistics. I, you know, paid for planes, trains, boats, warehouses, and everything else. And I can tell you that it's just never that simple when it comes to the supply chain. You get the backups on the uh, origin end where the factories are facing sick outs, lockdowns. You're seeing millions of Chinese citizens uh, being locked in their own apartments, let alone these detention camps. Well, where do you think those people worked? They worked the factories that make your your favorite goods. Um, so those boats are going to be delayed as a result to that supply chain backup, let alone the inflation that is uh, in the economy that's causing higher prices in the bunker costs that, that fuel those boats to get across the sea, let alone the, the fuel costs in the trucks that uh, – Get pick those containers up at the port, bring them to the warehouse and the delivery trucks to your door and to your grocery store. So we're seeing the supply chain back up all, all the way. So even though the the ports did in fact step up a little bit, praise be to God, I'm glad they did, and they always tend to, to be honest with you. Uh, it, we're still seeing a lot of empty shelves here. And these are pictures that I'm looking at right now out of a DailyMail.co.uk article, mostly of Washington, D.C., Stores. Here's one from Anchorage, Alaska. Same thing. So it makes me wonder, dear listener, where you are, wherever you are, is your grocery store starting to face this? I know we were last night. My wife and I were trying to find the cat food, the food for our cat who has had a lot of health issues. So we had to have special specialty food. Do you know what they told us? Sorry, can't get it on the boat. It's backed up, not able to get it to the store. But Buttigieg takes credit. Here's an article out of Breitbart. It says Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg was hailed as the man who, quote, saved Christmas, unquote, on Tuesday over his handling of the supply chain crisis as Americans around the country shared photos of empty grocery shelves on social media. Speaking at a press conference at the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach, Buttigieg said that while the supply chain crisis will continue throughout the pandemic, he celebrated the transportation of goods over Christmas. Quote, as long as the pandemic persists, as long as we are making up for decades of past uh, disinvestment, we are going to see impacts on shipping times and shipping costs. Close quote, Buttigieg said. He goes on to say, quote, when there is an issue affecting ports here, you will feel it as far away as my Indiana hometown. <laughs> yes, sir, we will. Not only is this about the presence under the tree, this is about essential goods like medical goods that are needed in this moment of continued public health challenge, he goes on to say. Judge hailed the shipment of goods over the Christmas season as an extraordinary achievement, noting that the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach processed 14 percent more containers compared to those processed in 2018 over the same period. One of the reasons why Christmas was not, in fact, canceled in, is that ports like Los Angeles and Long Beach moved record levels of goods, allowing an all-time record high in terms of retail sales his holiday, this holiday season, he said. Los Angeles Mayor Eric Grassetti further hailed Buttigieg as the man who saved Christmas. You know what this reminds me of? Diversification. The next time you hear about, you know, buying gold or silver to diversify, to hedge against the inflation, inflation, I wonder if we might diversify by, you know, making stuff here in the United States. By supporting smaller businesses instead of just the big box stores that are importing everything from overseas. 
because our supply chain is going to have more problems, not less, because we have become completely dependent on foreign manufacturers, let alone uh, the mandates that are crushing the already hurting trucking industry. Truck drivers are in great demand, and we're making things worse by our policies. Maybe we ought to diversify and have more options to manufacture goods here in the United States. So we need states like Texas, for instance, or Florida or other states who are making it easier for businesses to invest by building their infrastructure and hiring the the people locally, tax breaks and other types of incentives to make it possible to compete with the larger companies. Do we really only want big box stores as the option? Do we all just live in our apartments? I mean, in China, they lock the doors on them. Here in America, they don't have to. We stay home all on our own and we buy from big box stores and we have them delivered to our door. All completely dependent, but essentially the same effect from China to here. Maybe less starving involved as the poor Chinese people are having to endure right now because their government has deemed that they should starve in order to, I guess, deal with two Omicron cases in that one district. It seems rather insane to me. We have so much to pray for. I say it every single day. And uh, this is definitely something we need to be praying about. So if you have empty shelves wherever you are, I'd love to know. And if you don't, I'd love to know that too. Hang out with us on our live video stream and you can comment on one of the social feeds there and give us the feedback. It'd be interesting to know what your grocery stores are looking like right now. You can go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And find the links to all the social feeds. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. We'll be right back. Breaking news and stories. And Joshua Phillip from Epic TV is going to be on our guest to talk about what's going on in New York. That's coming up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says that it is in the old Christmas carols that date from the Middle Ages that we find not only what makes Christmas poetic and soothing and stately, but what makes it exciting. The exciting quality of Christmas rests upon a great paradox, that the power and center of the whole universe may be found in something very small, a baby in a manger. And it's extraordinary to notice how completely this paradox of the manger was lost by the brilliant theologians, but was kept in the Christmas carols. The songs recall the main point of the story, that God once ruled the universe from a stable, and that the hands that made the stars were too small to reach the huge heads of the cattle. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca wishing you a Merry Christmas from the Catholic Drive Time team. A brief meditation on Christmas. The Virgin adored him saying, O Lord, you indeed have come from heaven to earth for the salvation of men. I adore you because as God you are my creator and as human you are my son. Joseph adored him saying, O Lord, you have granted me such a grace. Kings and prophets wished to see you and they did not see. But to me, a sinner, you have given such a grace that I should see you. Merry Christmas and God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here's your headline news. One American News reports New York City to allow non-citizens to vote in municipal elections. 
New York City Mayor Eric Adams approved legislation giving more than 800,000 non-U.S. citizens access to the ballot box. The Democrat allowed the measure to go into law on Sunday, and unless a judge stops its implementation, the city's non-U.S. citizens will now have access and a chance to vote in municipal elections. This includes green card holders and recipients of deferred action who have lived in the Big Apple for at least 30 days, and those authorized to work in the U.S. He said despite initial concerns, he believes it's critical residents of a local municipality have the ability to choose who governs them. While New York City joins more than a dozen other communities in the U.S. allowing non-citizens to vote, the Republican delegation of New York has not held back in its sharing of their opposition to the measure. They say it's a dangerous attack on election integrity and unconstitutional, previously stating they would pursue every legal action to see the law struck down. Praise God. The Hill reports Army to stage realistic guerrilla war exercise in rural Carolinas. Army Special Forces... Uh, Candidates will train in a realistic guerrilla war to be fought in rural North Carolina and South Carolina counties early, later this month, according to the service. Known as the Robin Sage Training Exercise, a two-week unconventional warfare drill is the final test of candidates' Special Forces Qualification Course training. The drill will take place on January 22nd to February 4th on privately owned land across 25 counties in North Carolina and three counties in South Carolina, the U.S. Army's John F. Kennedy Special Warfare Center and School said in a news release. The Army did not provide the exact times and locations of the exercises, which will include the candidates fighting against realistic opposing forces and guerrilla freedom fighters in a fictional, unstable country known as Pineland. Breitbart reports multiple child sex offenders, criminal aliens, arrested after crossing southwest border. Border patrol agents in the southwest, southwest continue to arrest large numbers of previously deported criminal aliens. Many committed sex offenses against minors. Tucson Section's chief patrol agent John Maudlin tweeted a photo of, Mexican of a Mexican national arrested by Douglas Station agents this week. During a biometric background investigation, agents identified the migrant as Victor Castaneda Torres. The Mexican national received a conviction from a California court for lewd and lascivious acts with a child under the age of 14 and unlawful sexual intercourse with a minor. In South Texas, Rio Grande Valley sector border patrol agents arrested four deported sex offenders, three with convictions for sex crimes against children. The previously deported criminal aliens listed above and many more omitted for time face prosecution in federal court for illegal reentry after removal, which is a felony. If convicted, they could face up to 20 years in federal prison. And LifeSite News reports, popular D.C. priest urges bishops to be pastoral after Pope's harsh crackdown on the Latin Mass. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you. Uh, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is Joshua Phillip. He's an award-winning investigative reporter with the Epic Times and the host of Epic TV's Crossroads with Joshua Phillip. Good morning to you, sir. Thank you for your time. Hey, good morning. Pleasure being here. Yeah, praise be to God. We're grateful to have you back on the program. Um, the story coming out of New York with the mayor allowing this uh, piece of legislation to come through giving non-citizens the ability to vote, 800,000 of which, not Americans, you know, as we just heard in Rudy's uh, report there. What is, what's the story here? Why would Adams, if I'm not mistaken, did he not uh, raise caution over this during his campaign? So why has he allowed this to go through and what does this all mean? Joshua Phillip. Well, 
Yeah. So some of the Democrats here, they've acknowledged that they don't believe this is legal, but they're passing it anyways. It actually does violate the New York Constitution, the state constitution. And so Republicans are suing to overturn it. Um, But basically, I mean, they wouldn't do this if they wouldn't believe that it would give them some kind of political benefit. You know, if if they believe they were going to give these people citizenship, if they believe they were going to give them voting rights or whatever else, and they were going to turn around and vote against them, they would never do it. Um, Mm. A lot of this started during the Obama, uh, you know, when Obama was still president, uh, when they determined that, uh, you know, these individuals, when they get citizenship, they tend to vote about 80 percent Democrat. And it was after that that the Democrats went from being really pretty strongly anti-immigration. Remember Bill Clinton era and, and, you know, Eli, Eli Gonzalez and so on. Remember that? Uh, They went from being really, really anti-immigration, especially because the unions didn't want it, to being very, very pro-immigration. And the reason was, again, is because they determined that about 80 percent of those people are going to vote for them once they get the ability to do so. And so here now you have Democrats giving them the ability to do so without even becoming citizens. Hmm. What is the strategy here? New York City is already a a blue state. Do you see this spreading to more uh, contested swing states? Um, So in New York, I I would say that they wouldn't do this again if they didn't believe that they had to do it. And and they've taken this a few, they've taken this step by step. Um, There's a few possibilities with them, let me explain. Uh, the step-by-step process they've taken is one, they started by giving them driver's licenses. And a lot of Republicans, a lot of conservatives in the state were like, well, you're gonna you're you're starting to legitimize these illegal aliens, these people who shouldn't be here in this country. Like, no, no, we're just gonna give them driver's licenses uh, because you know a lot of them drive without driver's licenses. And so this will be a way of like, you know, making it kind of legal. And they're like, okay, fine. That you know, that's one step. Then they're like, okay, now we're going to make it so if you have a driver's license, you can legally vote. Um, and so, you know, if they if they have a driver's license, they can legally vote. And all the Republicans and conservatives are like, wait a second, but you're giving driver's licenses to illegal aliens. Isn't that going to give them the right to vote? Like, oh no, no, our constitution says we can't do that. We would never do that. Uh, don't worry, it's fine. Now they're then they then they grant them all uh, free health care and so on. Hmm. They give them all these benefits. And then now they're giving them voting rights in addition to all of this. And so it's a step-by-step slow boil of the frog process. Um, There's been a lot of different debates on, well, really, I think, how much entrenched control the Democrats have in New York. Uh, Because you did have Silwa, who ran as one of the front front runners in the uh, recent mayoral elections here, and really had a pretty strong shot at it. A lot of people thought that he might have had a good chance at winning. He didn't in the end, but I think that that scared Democrats enough where they wanted to really entrench their power. Um, in terms of the spreading to other states, though, yeah, you know, New York and California tend to be the ones leading the charge. And so what happens in New York tends to spread. And I guarantee you that if they can do it, despite the fact that if the New York Constitution says that you have to be a citizen to vote, it, it violates the Constitution. If they can do something and through their packed courts, you know, still manage to pass it, uh, because the if maybe they can find a judge who will not determine that it violates the Constitution, even though you can read it and it says you can't do that. Um, they might try to do it elsewhere in places where they believe they have enough control, including of the courts. You know, it's kind of interesting because, you know, I'm kind of confused by the whole situation. And the same breath, the Democrats will say something along the lines of, 
well, you know, it, we have to make voting easier because it's so difficult to get voting ID, yet they're able to say, okay, well, at the same time, we can make it so way uh, illegal people, people who are not here, non-citizens, could, uh, can vote easily. Uh, so how, what is it? Is it uh, nobody can uh, get voting ID, nobody can figure out how to vote, or is it so easy that literally non-citizens can? Well, you know, this, this is where I think a lot of us are confused now because, yeah, so even Biden himself was suggesting that if you have, if you have to make a voting ID process, he said specifically that, you know, black Americans and Latino Americans, that they're not going to be able to figure out how to do it. And, you know, you had a lot of, uh, you know, comedians online posting videos where like, you know, they're poking at a, a laptop with a stick, you know, like they can't figure it out or something, you know, joking about it. Uh, but at the same time, the Democrats, as they're saying that, you know, uh, minorities in the U.S. Aren't, aren't able to figure out how to get IDs to vote. They're the ones also saying that you have to have an ID if you want to go to go to a restaurant in New York, that you have to have your, uh, you know, your vaccine ID if you want to go see a show that they're even talking, they were even forbid talking about making it so that uh, some of the supermarkets here would even require it, which is, I mean, next level bizarre. You have to have your vaccine pass to go buy food at that point. Uh, they have no problem doing that. And and somehow people just, I don't know how, but they don't make the connection that, wait a minute, they said, I don't know how to get an ID to vote, but I have to get an ID to do just about anything in the city. So, you know, the, the, other than voting. And so these things just don't connect somehow. But it seems like uh, they don't, they're not really all that concerned with the optics of all of this. I mean, as long as their agenda is, is what they're pursuing, it, it seems to me like they couldn't care less if... The optics are bad. Would you say that? Well, you know, I, I think this gets into the realm of information control because they, they do have pretty entrenched control, not just within the systems. You know, when you get to states like New York, but I think they also control most of the media, um, especially when you get to the Latino communities. They don't really have they don't really have strong independent media. And you know, you, you have C, you have your CNNs and your major, you know, three three letter broadcasting networks uh, that tend to pretty much run the whole show. And if you're on Facebook or different types of social media, you'll find that mo and Google, most independent media are suppressed. At the very least, you'll find that the establishment media uh, do get additional benefits, whether it's in increased search results or otherwise. And, you know, who controls the narrative? Who controls the interpretation of what's being said by the politicians? Well, it's these media organizations that are heavily politically aligned with these uh, political, you know, hacks, I guess you could call them, uh, who, who shape the perspectives on all this. And they're told that if you step outside that little boundary, hold that, that little bubble hold, you're in, hold that, that thought. you know, it's racist or something. I'm sorry, Josh, to cut you off, but uh, we have to go to a quick break. We'll be right back. Joshua Phillip is our guest. He's an award-winning investigative reporter with the Epic Times and host of Epic TV's Crossroads, which you can find linked up not only on the website, but also look for Crossroads highlights and Crossroads YouTube channels. We'll be right back. More with Joshua Phillip is coming up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says that it's become a bad habit in our society to celebrate Christmas before it comes. We've forgotten the glory of anticipation. The presents should not be opened until Christmas. That, of course, is part of the excitement. And while we know the gifts are coming, 
Chesterton reminds us that the best kind of gift is the surprise gift. And if we have the right perspective, we should look at everything as a gift and every gift as a surprise gift. We are happy to wake up on Christmas morning and find gifts in our stockings. But the best gift we could ever find in our stockings is our own two legs. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Hi, this is Robert Dominguez, General Manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network, West Texas, and New Mexico listening areas. As we approach the most beautiful season of the year, I would like to take this opportunity to thank each and every one of you that helped in some way or another keep Catholic Radio on the air. I pray that you have a very beautiful Christmas season surrounded by friends and family. And as we gather with our loved ones, may we be forever thankful. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Joshua Phillip is our guest, an award-winning investigative reporter with The Epic Times, uh, which you can find at theepictimes.com. You can also, if you with your subscription, you get their Epic Times TV platform, but you can always also find his content on YouTube. Look for Crossroads Highlights and Crossroads YouTube channels. Uh, Joshua Phillip, welcome back to the show. I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask you as a follow up to the story out of the eight hundred thousand non citizens getting the vote in New York. What you think the chances are of the RNC's lawsuit against this? Do you think it will stop it? Or, I mean, what do you think the outcomes will be? Um, well, you know, this is going to be a real test of the New York legal system. Uh, because it, I mean, in plain written language, it violates the constitution. It violates the state constitution. You have to be a citizen to vote in, a, in an election. It's plainly written. Uh, the Democrats who, who passed it, it was a city council that passed it and the mayor signed off on it. Uh, some of them acknowledged that they, that it's not legal. They, they acknowledged in their own words that they don't believe it. They believe it may not be legal to do it, but they did it anyway. And they're trying to prevent even inquiries into it because they say, well, it's already passed. You know, let 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 the past lie, you know, so, so to speak, and don't question it. Yeah. Um, but again, we, we will see what we'll, we'll watch now the integrity of the New York legal system, because in plain language, it does violate the state constitution. Do you think I mean, you live in New York. Do the citizens of New York, do they want to continue to to do this? Is this something that most New Yorkers want? Um, so I, I recently left New York. I'm in New Jersey now, but I, I still You've work escaped. in New York. <laughs> yeah, I, I escaped. It's, 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 not, it's not prime real estate here, but, it, but it's leagues better. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you know? but, uh, um, but yeah, I, I've been surprised by New Yorkers. And because I, I look at the things that are happening, you know, I mean, Going into the Upper East Side, where you have you know more of the wealthy New Yorkers, um, I mean you have increased violence. My wife, my wife is on some of the chats there, like the Facebook groups of some of the people. You know they have Facebook groups for like moms in that area, and you do find that a lot of them are really concerned about their safety now. Yeah, and this is this is it's this is where it's getting politically in New York. They're starting to realize that their political decisions are impacting their basic safety, where they're afraid that they can't even call the police if they're under assault, and they're, they're afraid the police won't come to their rescue. 
They're afraid of going out and going to the store and getting assaulted on the street and, you know, in plain broad daylight and basically not having any way to defend themselves or having any kind of legal recourse because they're realizing the political, the political decisions they've made are now impacting their basic quality of life. But despite this, and, and this is what's really surprised me, they don't equate that with the party. They don't equate that with Democrat policy overall, even though technically the policies represented in New York are really representative of the overall Democrat agenda. Um, they equate it with one specific leader. They'll equate that to de Blasio. They'll equate that to Cuomo. They won't equate that to the party. And it's, it's much like you have these, uh, you know, communist sympathizers who say, oh, that wasn't communism. That was Maoism. That was Stalinism. That mm. was Leninism. You know, they, they, they equate that with the leader, not with the system itself or the overall body of politics itself. Hmm, that's really interesting. I hadn't, hadn't thought of it that way. But one thing you you had mentioned that kind of triggered something in my mind was you said that uh, you're talking about, you know, I was surprised by New Yorkers. And, you know, we always hear New Yorkers are tough. They don't take anything from anyone. Yet we see and at, I guess I say this at risk of getting kicked off of YouTube is we see this mass psychosis being uh, uh, put in throughout uh, all over the U.S. and places where you would think these people are Americans. We we stand up. We're rebellious people. And we've had this mass psychosis where everybody has indoctrinated themselves into uh, buying into everything that's going on. Even if they hate it, they refuse to do anything about it. Uh, what Have you seen uh, what this mass psychosis and how everybody's saying, oh, there's no mass psychosis, fact check, false. Uh, have you seen any of that? And what's what do you see there? Yeah, um, I, I think the, the buzzword going around right now is mass formation psychosis, which is the is the phrase you would use for this type of mental behavior, I guess, where um, if you were to step back and look at the whole picture, and it's something I've been talking about a lot, not just on my show Crossroads, but in written articles as well, is really what we're engaged in is a psychological war. Modern warfare Modern warfare is not guns and tanks and bullets and so on. It's, it's not like that anymore. In fact, I'd say it hasn't been like this even uh, since the Cold War era, unless you're fighting you know, in some back, you know, some proxy war between two large nation states like Afghanistan or Vietnam or whatever like that, right? The, the, large, the large, fully developed country, modern warfare is psychological warfare. We've been waging culture war, we've been waging ideological warfare, and the, the battle is really between the ideas of socialism or the ideas of freedom. And this is being won or lost through what you choose to believe in. Do you hold on to your faith or do you abandon your faith? Do you hold on to your values or do you abandon your values? And you're bombarded with new ideas and new interpretations of reality. Uh, you're being sold a false history, like, like critical race theory and 1619 project and so on. Uh, where you're told that you can get actual benefits if you choose to abandon your principles and abandon your your sense of patriotism or whatever else. Um, you're, you risk losing oh, your voice if you don't choose to adhere to this, this new ideology that's being presented in front of people. And this has been going on for a long time. Um, I, I saw you guys have G.K. Chesterton as one of your you know, sponsors. I'm a big fan of Chesterton, but he was warning about this even in the early 1900s. Yeah that this type of stuff was happening. In fact, he had a, a magazine called the GK Weekly, uh, where 
it was dedicated to writing about things just like this. this. This has been ongoing for a very, very long time. And I would say the challenge, the reason I think you see, you don't see Americans mobilizing in any kind of way or getting together in any kind of way, I would say actually Americans are. It's just they don't see the others doing it. They don't see that others think like them. And I'd say it's because we've lost the town square. We no longer interact person to person. And even more than that, uh, all that's moved online and the digital town squares, the social networks are all heavily censored and heavily controlled. All it's going to take for that wall to crumble, though, is for a new uh, a new platform to come about. Um, we'll see what happens with Trump's platform, Truth Social, which releases, I believe, mid-February. Maybe that will change things. But I, I think as soon as Americans start seeing, oh, I'm not the only one who thinks this. Oh, wait, most of us think this. That's when you start seeing change. Uh, we have just about uh, four and a half minutes or so. I want to ask a really quick follow-up question on this, and but then I want to ask you about ask you about the Fauci gate. Uh, get your opinion on that. So, real quick, uh, you know, New York got a new governor. That you got a new mayor now in New York City. Kind of a big change for a lot of New Yorkers in such a short period of time. Were there hopes that the new mayor was going to be much more moderate, much more centric than? than uh, the, the last guy, or or did we think he was going to be more of the same? Um, I, I, like, like I was saying, a lot of New Yorkers, they, they, the entrenched kind of mentality a lot of them have is the problem is not the system, the problem is the individual. And again, one of the biggest problems they've had with the system is the fact that they don't feel safe anymore. They voted in a new Democrat mayor, believing that he was going to change things because he, you know, he's a, I believe he's a former police officer. And BLM threatened literally violence. They threatened blood on the streets if if he uh, increases law enforcement. And he seems to have folded. One of the first day oh, wow. one policies released was that they decriminalized prostitution. They decriminalized most theft. They decriminalized most crime. And so wow. New York is mostly lawless now uh, you can do almost anything other than murder or violent crime Whew. and so they went the opposite way escape from new york is coming back to my mind at the moment <laughs> we're not far from there walling the city in, calling it a prison colony all right uh, we'll have to leave that there three minutes on the clock i want to talk about fauci uh we had the project veritas report come out with the darpa documents and now house members have released some emails uh, is Fauci, are we seeing the final throws or are, is this kind of just a flash in the pan? What say you, Joshua Phillip? Uh, it, it's, it's hard to say. Uh, the biggest, the big issue with Dr. Anthony Fauci is his cooperation with uh, Equal Health Alliance, which was working directly with the Wuhan Institute of Virology in, in China. This virus laboratory where they were conducting gain of function research in conjunction again through this NIH program through EcoHealth Alliance. They denied on record under test, uh, you know, testifying under under oath uh, that they were not doing this, but it's now coming out. They were, in fact, doing this. It's, it's hard to say whether this is the end of things for Fauci because the system protects him. Uh, if this were a Trump point, if this were, you know, Trump era type appointee stuff, you'd have Democrats calling for blood on the streets. They, they would probably they would probably charge him you know, for lying under oath, uh, but they're not. And this is, again, the issue you have when the systems of justice and the the all the systems that would go after someone for violating the law, 
are controlled under specific political interests, and it's not in their political interest to do so, it seems. Wow. Um, the guy's got nine lives. <laughs> Is this your fingerprints? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like nothing matters. And that's, I think, one of the points I made yesterday was no matter how much evidence we seem to have that, in fact, he did support gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab, I mean, you did a whole documentary on the source of the of the uh, the origins <laughs> of the COVID uh, uh, pandemic, and it seems like it doesn't matter. It we could literally say anything and it doesn't matter. So it's it's startling, and I encourage everybody to check out your documentary film, which you can find on Epic TV. Go to the Epic Times website, and you can find a way to to find it to watch it there. TheEpicTimes.com. But Joshua Phillip, host of Crossroads, Crossroads highlights, Crossroads on YouTube. Check that out. Make sure to like and subscribe and share. Thank you for your time today, sir. God love you and God bless you. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. That's going to do it for hour number one. Praise be to God. Thank you for joining us for that. If you can join us in the second hour, we'd love to have you. You can, If you're not able to listen on radio, you can hang out with us live online. Just go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can find the links to all of our live streams on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. I think we're on LinkedIn and Odyssey as well. So check them out. Hang out with us. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, for another round of Catholic Drive Time. God love you and God bless you. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. to thank you for being a beautiful part of the Guadalupe Radio Network family of listeners. Sammy Rodriguez Jr. here, your business manager, and from my family to yours, Merry Christmas. May your heart and soul be filled with the love, joy, and peace that only our Lord Jesus can bring. Always remember that He is truly the reason for the season. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says, All comfort must be based on discomfort. What's that supposed to mean? It has something to do with the fact that we celebrate Christmas in December. It is the feast in the middle of winter. We are choosing to be joyful at the very moment when the whole material world around us is most sad. We are defying cold death outside by celebrating life inside. And that's why there's nothing more comfortable than a blazing fire in the middle of a blizzard, and why we bring a green tree inside and decorate it and talk of good cheer in the face of darkness and death, tidings of comfort and joy, because all comfort is based on discomfort. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.
org. Merry Christmas from the Guadalupe Radio Network family. I'm Tim Mott, the general manager of the GRN station in Houston, Texas, KSHJ. Christmas is a time for family. My family has already made a gingerbread house and eaten it on the same day. The dog knocked over the Christmas tree and we bonded watching our favorite Christmas movie. But even if your family isn't a source of joy for you, remember that you are loved by this GRN family and by the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Merry Christmas. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Wednesday, January the 12th, 2022. It's going to be a great day. Praise be to God. You're halfway there. I mean, like, it's already halfway done the week. This week, I mean, this year is already flying by. Before you know it, it's going to be Ash Wednesday. Are you ready? Are you? Have you been thinking about Lent? It's right around the corner. So it's time to, time to spool up and get ready. What is our Lent going to be like? What penances... What will our journey be? Let's prepare well and let's do something pretty amazing this year. We'll have more shows themed on that in the coming weeks to prepare, but uh, stick around. We just wrapped up a great conversation with Joshua Phillip. He is an award-winning investigative journalist with the Epic Times. We talked about some of the stories out of New York, and uh, so we're going to be posting that conversation to our social feeds uh, pretty soon. So check us out online. Just go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And uh, before I forget, you can always get your car raffle tickets on our website. If you want to win a brand new Mercedes, your chances are pretty good. Go to our website, grnonline.com. Scroll down until you see a picture of the Mercedes. Click on that. It's a black GLA 250. And some lucky Catholic radio listener is going to drive it home in February. Could be you. It could be. Uh, go to grnonline.com for the details. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Praise be. A good conversation with Joshua Phillips. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Really like talking Total to pro. him. Total pro. Total mm-hmm. pro. His, uh, his documentary on the uh, origins of the uh, the pandemic were very good. It was excellent. Mm-hmm. YouTube kicked it off, though. Of course. They were having none of it. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you. Good morning. I just loved how often Joshua Phillips would say, despite of it all. And I was like, wow, the guy really gets me. Despite of it all? Yeah. <laughs> in spite of it all? He or really despite understands of it? Despite. Me. Despite. Is it despite or it is, is it despite. in spite? I think in spite of that, I still say mm. in spite of. Well, Joshua Phillips agrees with me. He does. Yeah. It's true. So, he said it like three go. or four times. I was like, I was like, man, this guy, this I, guy knows the right word to use. I immediately <laughs> called his banker to have his records checked to see if he received any uh, any kick, kick kickback funds from Fonseca. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, uh, with my bazillions of with cash, your bazillions of dollars. <laughs> that joke for anybody who Fun is not game. not aware that that's an old old joke oh. on uh, from between uh, Joe and I. I went to a bazillion high school and a bazillion. University, so a lot of Basilian jokes. So, are you going to become? A, are you going to become a Basilian soon? No, I mean mm-hmm. you go high school no. and college, and no. still no. Mm-mm. 
Uh uh-uh. uh. Come on. I but I used to tell a joke when I'd give tours of the school. I would uh the people would ask uh, how many priests we had on campus, and mm-hmm. I'd say, well, about a pacillion. <laughs> and uh, the, and then usually the uh, if the uh, the kids and the mom would just stare at me and the dad would be laughing his head off and I'd be like, see, I mean, this uh, yeah, is, this yeah. is good stuff. Classic. This is, this is high quality jokes. <laughs> high quality dad jokes. Starting early. Praise be to God. All right, uh, we are going to have a good news story for you here in just a moment. Praise be to Jesus. Plus, saint of the day, gospel of the day. Fifteen past the hour, we're going to play our game Fear and Trembling. It's a Catholic trivia game show. It's fun. And you don't need to know the correct answers to win. You could win the prizes that are at stake, but you do have to be the caller on the line to make that happen. So when I give you the number, be the first caller, and uh, we will have a good time playing the game with you. That's coming up in the first half of this hour. In the second half, we have what we call the after show, where we hang out with you live on our video streams on social and we conversate with you about whatever is important to you. So whatever you want to talk about, that's on the agenda. You drive that conversation. You can find all the live video streams linked up on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Let's jump in. Let's pray for the conversion of sinners around the world. And whatever your needs are, dear listener, whatever your needs are, we're going to ask the Queen of Heaven and Earth to pray and intercede for you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now your good news story for the day. LifeSite reports FSSP seminarians release liturgical chant album topping U.S. charts for weeks. Maybe I should chant this story. Nah, I, I wouldn't bleed your ears with that. Every year on Christmas Eve, millions worldwide tune into a festival of nine lessons and carols, broadcast live from King's College, Cambridge. This service, which has become a bastion for the Anglican choral tradition, was held for the first time in 1918. But the format of nine biblical readings interspersed by carols can be traced back to Christmas Eve at the Truro Cathedral in 1880. It was conceived by then Anglican Bishop of Truro, Edward White Benson, later Archbishop of Canterbury, whose youngest son was to become the Catholic priest and novelist Monsignor Robert Hugh Benson. This original service held at 10 o'clock at night was inspired by the traditional night office of the pre-Reformation church, known as Matins. Christmas Matins, which immediately precedes Midnight Mass, is divided into three nocturnes, with each of those containing three psalms and three readings, which are also known as lessons. Between each of the nine lessons is a musical interlude in the form of a responsory, which Benson replaced with popular carols, festive folk songs that had been banned under Puritans two centuries prior. Still sung by the traditional Catholic communities, Christmas Matins is a solemn service of preparation as the church keeps watch, just like the shepherds, until the sacred hour when Christ was born. The priestly fraternity of St. Peter seminarians from Vigretsbad recently released a recording of selections from Christmas Matins entitled Sancta Nox, Christmas Matins from Bavaria, on the de Montfort music label. The recording is primarily Gregorian chant, with most of the exquisite responsories in their authentic form, but also contains some 16th-century polyphonic settings intended as a liturgical experience. 
Four of the solo lessons sung to ornate melodies are included, which should also offer the listener an opportunity to meditate on the sublime mystery of the Incarnation. Since its release on 28th of September, Sancta Knox remained at number one in the classical U.S. charts for nearly two months. While it's wonderful to know that our musical message has reached so many people across the world, this success may also be evidence that there is a strong desire globally for music that is more demanding and profound over more superficial forms of music, said a seminarian with the fraternity. Its success is also due no doubt to the excellent professional recording quality, thanks to the distinguished award-winning producer Christopher Adler, Alder, who has previously worked with household names like Claudio Abado and Placidio Domingo. The seminarian added, This recording is a way of reaching people who may not otherwise know the beauty of sacred music, who may never have encountered the traditional liturgy or even the Catholic faith. Music has a power unique to reach souls, and so we hope that our singing will lead people to reflect on this great mystery, that God was born for us in Bethlehem and is born for us each day in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And that's good news. God love you. Wow, that's the kind of liturgical experience I like. Uh, the saint of the day is Saint Martin of Lyon, born in 1130. Saint Martin of Lyon was a priest and canon regular of the Augustinian order. Born at Lyon, Martin, along with his father Juan, withdrew from the world to the canonry of Saint Marcellinus in Lyon after the death of his mother. Martin was educated at this canonry, and after the death of his father, Martin decided to undertake a major pilgrimage visiting the cities of Rome and Constantinople. Those are not nearby, just for the record. Uh, returning to Spain, he took the religious habit of St. Marcellinus, but after seeing this monastery had been secularized by the bishops, he entered the collegiate of Church of St. Isidore in the same city. This is a church he went on to endow, and it was where St. Isidore was buried, hence its name. Martin distinguished himself by his zealous observance, his charity, and his deep devotion to the Blessed Sacrament. The date of his death is given to us by the necrology preserved in the monastery. He died on January 12, 1203 of natural causes. The religious of St. Isidore dedicated a chapel to St. Martin very early and celebrated his feast each year. St. Martin of Lyon, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. On leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. They immediately told him about her. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. Then the fever left her, and she waited on them. When it was evening after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued him, and on finding him said, Everyone is looking for you, he told them. Let us go to the nearby villages that I may preach there also. For this purpose I have come. So he went into their synagogues, preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Venerable Bede said, Mystically, 
if by the setting of the sun the death of the Savior is intended, why should not his resurrection be intended by the returning dawn? For by its clear light he went far into the wilderness of the Gentiles, and there continued to pray in the person of his faithful disciples. For he aroused their hearts by the grace of the Holy Spirit to the virtue of prayer. Close quotes, uh, Venerable B, to pray for us. I love this because he is laying the foundation for the prayer life that he expects of his disciples, the prayer life that he expects of his church. It's his. doesn't belong to the guys wearing the cassocks and the, the habits and the miters. It belongs to Christ Jesus. They serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They should do his will, and they should pray and be faithful to it as our Lord was. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, a few things. Uh, one thing to point out is Cornelius Lapide says that the saying back then was that the sun was swallowed up and sunk in the sea because people believed that the sun was literally going into the—it was being submerged in the ocean. Uh, I thought that was super interesting. Not really sure what it would refers to, but he, he mentioned it, and I thought it was interesting, so I was sharing that with you. Okay, so continues on. He goes—he talks about the devil— here he says, suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him and because they knew that he himself was he. Now, this sounds confusing, but if you read it, he uh, with a different capitalization means, shows forth that he's referring to God. Because whenever God's pronouns are used and whenever he's referred to, you capitalize those letters. So if you say he referring to Rudy or Joe, you would lowercase the H. But when you're saying he referring to God, you capitalize the H. And so here he's saying, because the devils knew that Christ was God. Now, that's important to note because earlier when we see in the other passages, and we mentioned this before, the devils don't know who he is yet. And that our Lord hides himself from the devils, which we mentioned last week when we talked about the Blessed Virgin Mary and why it was that uh, Joseph was needed to be there was because it was confusing the devils because they thought, oh, well, this is just the child of Joseph, uh, confusing and not allowing the demons to know things. Another thing to note, and the last thing I'll point out, is a little thing on prayer. Cornelius Lapide says that we should rise early in the morning and pray. He says, quote, he went into a desert place that he might pray thus more quietly and attentively. Wherefore it follows and there prayed both that after so many miracles, he might avoid the praise and applause of men and to teach us to do the same. Learn here from Christ to give the early morning to prayer and to rise up with the dawn so as to have leisure for meditation and to give the first fruits of the day to God. For the dawn of the day is a friend of the muses but a greater friend of God and the angels. So get up early, get to prayer. Don't do the first thing you should do is not grab your phone. Instead, it should be hitch your knees. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ignatius Catholic Commentary also said his practice anticipates the liturgical prayer of the church early on the first day of the week. Jesus also practices what he preaches on the on the proprietary of solitary prayer. Amen to that. All right, it's time to play our game. Fear and trembling. 
We're very grateful to Verboom.com forward slash GRN for giving us the tools to dive deep on the gospel. That's with a V, Verboom, with a V, V-E-R-B-U-M, Verboom.com forward slash GRN. However, we are going to play Fear and Dribbling next, and right after this very short break, we'll take a call, and we will jump into this Catholic trivia game where you don't even need to know the answers to win. How is that possible? Well, I will tell you on the other side of the break, but you do need to call, and you can call right now, 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2, 10 through 11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic trivia game show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. Now, here's the thing. I'm willing to tell you what my secrets and my agendas are, but you have to promise me you can't tell anybody what I'm about to tell you. All right, deal? So, number one, we like to teach the faith. We look for teachable moments in the questions where you could learn something about your Catholic faith that you did not know before. Praise be to God. Just think about all the opportunities to to brag about that among friends and family. It's going to be a good deal. Uh, Number two, we like... 
to have a laugh, and our contestants tend to be a very good time. They laugh with us. We enjoy that quite a bit. It's arguably the best part of the whole thing. Number three, we give out prizes, which makes it a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here, let me just explain to you. Um, we do not ask our caller the questions. They don't have to know correct answers. They could not know a single correct answer and still win this game. And the reason why is because instead of asking them these three trivia questions, I will instead ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other will be incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more? Is it Rudy? Is it Adrian? One of which, as I said, will be right and the other will be wrong. And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? The sponsor for this week is the Holy Face Shop. Holy Face Shop is a small business and Catholic apostolate in Greenville, Texas, which creates hand-poured 100% beeswax candles and gifts in a wide variety of shapes and sizes. All of the work is done by the owner, a Catholic mom who has homeschooled her children for over 25 years. Shop prices are intended to be as affordable as possible, and thus, the shop is an apostolate. She ships worldwide. Check out Holy Face Shop on Etsy or email her at holyfaceshop at gmail.com for custom orders. Our winner this week will receive a beeswax candle in the likeness of Our Lady of Fatima. Please support the shop by purchasing some beeswax candles and get them blessed at a Latin Mass parish on February 2nd, which happens to be a Wednesday, the Feast of the Presentation of Our Lord, a.k.a. Candlemas. Praise be to God. Thank you very much to our sponsor for uh, supporting us and giving us prizes to give away to lavish the love upon our listeners. We are so very grateful to you. Thank you for that, Holy Face Shop. All right, we're going to go to the phones and play our game. Good morning to you, Sienna. Good morning. Praise be to God. How are you? Good. Yeah? You Are you sure? Did you get anything for Christmas that you really loved? Yes. What was it? Um... I don't know, Sienna. You don't sound too confident here. These are the hard questions. Yeah, the difficult questions, Sienna. What did you get? What was your favorite Christmas present? Are you still there, Sienna? Did we lose you? No. All right, Sienna. Where are you calling from? Um, Bullverde, Texas. Bullverde, Texas. Second call from Bullverde for 2022. Praise be to God. Bulverde is a very popular place. We're very glad to have you this morning, Sienna. Now, you, I know you know the rules, right? You've been around a long time. You're a CDT insider. Uh, are you ready to play? Yes. All right, Sienna, let's do this. We're going to start with, with uh, Tricky Rudy uh, to begin with. <laughs> Rudy, are you ready? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Joe, you know that I love you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which apostle was not in the room when Jesus visited them after his crucifixion and death? That's easy. See, I already knew what you were going to ask me. All right. Mm -hmm. The apostle who who wasn't there was Judas Iscariot. Huh. Judas was not in the room. He wasn't there. He wasn't in the room. We may have to listen carefully, Sienna. Let's just see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me... Which apostle was not in the room when Jesus visited them after his crucifixion and death? Considering that Judas lost his apostleship, I'm going to go with 
Doubting Thomas. <sighs> Doubting Thomas? Yep, yep. Okay. The guy with the finger in the wound? The uh, the guy that gets known for doubting, but not known for uh, evangelizing <laughs> India. That guy. <laughs> so true, Man, King. Rough reputation. I know, right? You gotta love cancel culture. All right, so here is the deal, Sienna. The question is, which apostle wasn't in the room in the resurrection there? Uh, Adrian says it was Doubting Thomas. But uh, Rudy says it was Judas Iscariot. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Sienna, what say you? Adrian. Survey says, wow. <laughs> that was good. Wise. Good answer. You did Very answer. wise. You didn't hesitate there, Adrian. With that 10 out of 10. Good, good answer. answer. Dinging button there. You went very quickly with that one. Ding, it's ding, it's ding, brilliant. Ding, ding. When you say Adrian, you just, it's, you just have to be brilliant. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Very confident, Sienna, and you are correct. Doubting Thomas is the correct answer. Praise be to God. The guy who also got on his knees and worshipped Jesus, calling him God after realizing the resurrection. Yeah, he doesn't get no for that either. Nope, he sure doesn't. But you're in the cup for one. Praise be to God. You could win. It could be God's will for you. But this next question, I don't know. This may be the trickiest of all three today. Let's go to Adrian first on this, this one. Adrian, can you tell me? Or rather, can you say for me... The grace prayed after we eat. After meal. we eat. Yes. Oh, I didn't know we, we were supposed to pray after we eat. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, pray always. The, the grace after meals would be, thank you for the food we eat. It was really, really neat. <laughs> why, are you, why are you laughing? I'm not. I'm just clearing my throat. You got that morning allergy thing going on, that, no, like phlegm, so you know what I mean? Heartbreaking. Uh, what was it one more time? I said... Thank you for mm-hmm. the food we eat. It was really, really neat. <laughs> Amen. It was, it was really neat, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Hey, Rudy, um, <clears throat> can you tell me, or rather can you say for me, the grace we pray after we finish eating food? I might have to seek up Adrian's, but uh, typically we say, we give thee thanks, almighty God, for all thy benefits. Who livest and reignest forever. May the souls of the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen. Wow. That was a lot longer. It was. That was a lot longer. I like mine better. All right, Sienna, here's <laughs> the deal. Uh, Rudy seems to think it's, uh, we give thanks, we give thee thanks, almighty God, for all thy benefits. Who livest and reignest forever. May the souls of the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen. That's Rudy's answer, but Adrian's was, thank you, what was it? Thank you for the food we eat. It was really, really neat. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock, Sienna. Uh, Adrian or Rudy, what say you? Rudy. Survey says. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I would say yours, it would be more perfect, Adrian, if it was thank you for this meat uh, that we I, eat. You know, because I'm, I'm a carnivore. But what if it's Friday? Then we can't pray that. Um, so I, I, there's the. Where was the what's the rodent in Latin America I'm allowed to eat? Oh, uh, capybara. Capybara. We we can still eat that. That's... Joe, are you going to pray that after you catch a, a I, deer this weekend? Maybe. I'm maybe. saying. All right, you're in for two, Sienna. Praise be to God. Congratulations. So. Uh, you've learned a new prayer for after meals. That's cool. Let's go for the third question. I think we can get you in there for a perfect score today, Sienna. Uh, let's go back to Rudy. Uh oh. Rudy, can you tell me what are the principal ways? Of obtaining grace. Our blessed Lord gave us the sacraments in order 
to uh, for us to obtain grace. Mm-hmm. Also, prayer. Mm-hmm. Prayer, of course, prayer changes things. We must do that every single day and almost at every moment of our day. So I'm going to say prayer and sacraments. Prayer and sacraments. Primary as the principal means. ways. Primary. Oh, I yeah. like that. Sounds good. Sounds reasonable. Let's uh, just see what Brother Adrian has to say, though. Adrian, can you tell me? What are the principal ways of obtaining grace? I don't know why I'll make everything so difficult. Prayer and sacraments sounds difficult. I'm just going to... Does it? Just, you just pay for indulgences, dude. <laughs> just, just, just buy them. Just buy the grace, dude. <clears throat> Can we use crypto? How much? Yeah. They, the Vatican takes crypto. Do, do the, does the Vatican take crypto? Of course it does. I don't know. That, that, I'm not, okay. so you just pay for, pay for indulgences. Is that what it is? It We're is. Just... That's the principal mm-hmm. way of getting grace. All right, Sienna, here's the deal. Um, <laughs> Brother Adrian seems to think we should just pay for obtaining grace. Uh, principal Schmenchable, just buy them, I suppose. Versus Brother Rudy says the principal ways of obtaining grace is through prayer and the Holy Sacraments. College, you is. Who's right? Who's wrong? Sienna, what say you? Rudy! Rudy! Survey says! Yeah! <laughs> buy them. I don't think the Vatican takes crypto, by the way. Oh, there's no way they don't. They must take all forms of currency. I don't know. I'm after, sure. after the crypto crash this week, I'm the, not so the sure. The crypto has to be vaccinated for the, them to accept oh, it. Oh, ouch. Yikes. <laughs> all right, Sienna, congratulations. You're in for three. Perfect score today. How do you feel? Good. Praise be to God. Are you on your way to school? Well, we're we're going to be praying for you. God love you. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for playing our game today. We love hearing from you. Uh, That is going to do it for the first hour and a half of Catholic Drive Time. If you're able to join us in the after show and hang out with us and as we let our hair down and get a little bit more casual about the conversation, you can do so on one of our live video streams on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Odyssey, LinkedIn, wherever you wish. Just go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT for the links. And don't forget to pick up your car raffle tickets. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate Wednesday, the first week of Ordinary Time. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. I sing the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise, that spread the flowing seas abroad and built the lofty skies. 
I sing the wisdom that ordained the sun to rule the day. The moon shines full at his command, and all the stars obey. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done, in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Christ eleison, Christ eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Let us pray. Attend to the pleas of your people with heavenly care, O Lord, we pray, that they may see what must be done and gain strength to do what they have seen. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the first book of Samuel. During the time young Samuel was to minister to the Lord under Eli, a revelation of the Lord was uncommon and vision infrequent. One day Eli was asleep in his usual place. His eyes had lately grown so weak that he could not see. The lamp of God was not yet extinguished, and Samuel was sleeping in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. The Lord called to Samuel who answered, Here I am. Samuel ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. I did not call you, Eli said, Go back to sleep. So he went back to sleep. Again the Lord called Samuel, who rose and went to Eli. Here I am, he said, You called me. But Eli answered, I did not, I did not call you, my son, Go back to sleep. At that time Samuel was not familiar with the Lord, because the Lord had not revealed anything to him as yet. The Lord called Samuel again for the third time. Getting up and going to Eli, he said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli understood that the Lord was calling the youth. So Eli said to Samuel, Go to sleep, and if you are called, reply, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. When Samuel went to sleep in his place, the Lord came and revealed his presence, calling out as before, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant is listening. Samuel grew up, and the Lord was with him, not permitting any word of his to be without effect.
Thus all Israel from Dan to Beersheba came to know that Samuel was an accredited prophet of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. I have waited, waited for the Lord, and he stooped toward me and heard my cry. Blessed the man who makes the Lord his trust, who turns not to idolatry, or to those who stray after falsehood. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. Sacrifice or oblation you wish not, but ears open to obedience you gave me. Burnt offerings or sin offerings you sought not. Then said I, Behold, I come. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. In the written scroll it is prescribed for me. To do your will, O my God, is my delight, and your law is within my heart. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. I announced your justice in the vast assembly. I did not restrain my lips, as you, O Lord, know. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. My sheep hear my voice, says the Lord. I know them and they follow me. Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. On leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. They immediately told him about her. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. Then the fever left her, and she waited on them. When it was evening after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued him, and on finding him, everyone is looking for you. He told them, let us go on to the nearby villages, that I may preach there also. For this purpose have I come. So, that, so he went to their synagogues, preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. When I was interested in religious life, I wrote uh, a priest in our community who is no longer alive, but he was of blessed memory, uh, Father Pinto, uh, and asked him, should I, you know, join your community? And he said, in this letter, you are like young Samuel. You do not yet know how to listen to God. Come and join us and we will teach you. <laughs> and uh, what has religious life taught me about prayer? Uh, because if you look at the gospel and you see that Jesus, rising very early before dawn, he left and went to pray, Prayer is where all of those works happen, uh, healing, uh, being delivered from demons, being uh, 
brought into communion with God, but also a whole bunch of other wonderful things happen when you learn to pray. Well, how do you pray? Some people think prayer is like picking up the phone and saying, or, or getting like an app and saying, I'd like to, a pepperoni pizza with a side of anchovies. And you, you order something and then God gives it to you or he doesn't give it to you. That's very, that's not how, what prayer is. Christian prayer is a relationship. It is listening to God. And the way that you listen to God is primarily through the word of God and through the sacraments. There is a temptation to listen just to have this uh, kenosis, the self-emptying, just make your heart empty and then just listen to God. Now, this is good. Um, it, it is it's wonderful. Uh, to, we have a natural inclination for contemplation. We had some children in a, a, a discipleship program. Their parents were in the other room and then their, the, the, the kids, the uh, young adults were in the another room and we taught them all a different kind of, uh, at the same time we taught them different lessons. And one of the things we taught the little children with our team was how to listen to God. And we had them, brought them before the Blessed Sacrament. He got really quiet and then we'd ask them, did God speak to you? And on, always, always they said the same thing. I heard God say, I love you. So if you get really quiet before God, he's going to say that, I love you. But because feelings and our own kind of uh, personal subconscious can be deceiving, it's very much like dreams. Dreams may be a manifestation, manifestation of God or, or the devil, but they also most importantly are a manifestation of you. That's why private revelation, according to St. John of the Cross, is the least reliable form of divine communication. That's why listening must be done in the word of God and the sacrament. So real prayer is placing yourself before the daily readings, the Catholic daily readings, and then allowing God to speak, but also realizing that God speaks through the sacraments, that just being in the presence of Jesus in the blessed sacrament is huge. The other thing about that is it's very, there, don't underestimate the moral obstructions that are in your soul between you and God as well. That's why frequent confession, not just confession uh, to confess mortal sins, but confessing venial sins in a way that you try to remove obstacles. Now, people who confess venial sins don't go to be forgiven of sin. You can go to, you can receive uh, sacramentals like uh, holy water or an act of contrition or an, a good work to have your sin forgiven. Uh, people who confess venial sins, they go so that to be transformed, to remove obstacles so that their communication with God is more intense. And that's where Jesus does the heavy lifting and he removes those things. And through the sacraments and then especially through the word and forming your emotions through the word rather than seeing God through your emotions, uh, whatever your, St. Ambrose said the Psalms form our passions, they form our emotions so that we're formed by the word of God and we listen to God in that way. If we do that, we too, like Samuel, will be able to hear God and we will say to him, speak Lord for your servant is listening. Let us bring all our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church that it may be alive with the holiness of Jesus Christ and reflect his holiness to the nations. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our Holy Father, all bishops and priests, that they may serve the Lord with single-hearted devotion. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all religious, all contemplatives, that they may 
seek assiduous union with God, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our government leaders, for an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, and human trafficking. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for vocations to the priesthood religious life. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for all of the sick, the suffering, the poor, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayers. Eternal and blessed Father, we ask you to hear us for make these and all our petitions in the holy name of Jesus Christ and through the powerful intercession of our Mother Mary as we pray together. Hail, Hail Mary, Mary, full of grace, grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed, blessed art thou among, among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Praise my soul, the King of heaven, to his feet thy tribute bring. Ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven, evermore his praises sing. Alleluia, alleluia, praise the everlasting King. Praise him for his grace and favor to his people in distress. Praise him still the same as ever, slow to chide and swift to bless. Alleluia, alleluia, glorious in his faithfulness. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. May your people's oblation, O Lord, find favor with you, we pray, that it may restore them to holiness and obtain what they devoutly entreat through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Father most holy, through your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, your word through whom you made all things, whom you sent as our Savior and Redeemer, incarnate by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin, fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people, he stretched out his hand so as as he endured his passion, so as to break the bonds of death and manifest the resurrection. And so with all the angels and saints, we declare your glory, as with one voice we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenisum Celi et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Osana in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy, and you never cease to gather a people to yourself so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, 
that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. A mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself, grant that we, who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son, and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all the saints, on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth, with your servant Francis our Pope, Michael our Bishop, the Order of Bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you have summoned before you in your compassion, O merciful Father. Gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. Remember your servants, whom you have called from this world to yourself. Grant that they who are united with your Son in a death like his may also be one with him in his resurrection, when from the earth he will raise up in the flesh those who have died and transform our lowly body after the pattern of his own glorious body. To our departed brothers and sisters too, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life, Give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory when you will wipe away every tear from our eyes. For seeing you, our God, as you are, we shall be like you for all the ages and praise you without end. Through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Roll him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, forever and ever. Amen.
Preceptus salutar hibus moniti, et divini institutioni formati, audehemus dicere. Paternoster, qui es in celis, sanctifice tuur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicud et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amahalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil, Graciously grant peace in our days, and by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, Qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Communion Antiphon With you, O Lord, is the fountain of life, and in your light we see light. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Jesus, my Lord, my God, my all, how can I love thee as I ought? 
and how revere this wondrous gift, so far surpassing hope or thought. Sweet sacrament, we thee adore, O make us love thee more and more. O make us love thee more and more. Had I but Mary's sinless heart, With which to love thee, dearest King, O oh, with what bursts of fervent praise Thy goodness, Jesus, would I sing. Sweet sacrament we thee adore, O oh, make us love thee more and more, O oh, make us love thee more and more. Thy body, soul, and Godhead all, O mystery of love divine, I cannot compass all I have, For all thou hast on dart is mine. Sweet sacrament we thee adore, O make us love thee more and more, O make us love thee more and more. Let us pray. Humbly we ask you, Almighty God, be graciously pleased to grant that those you renew with your sacraments may also serve with lives pleasing to you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ. Thanks be to God. Holy God, we praise thy name. Lord of all, we bow before thee. All honor thy scepter claim. All in heaven above adore thee. Infinite thy vast domain, everlasting is thy The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan 
and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. a co-